This is Wrestling is for Girls, a weekly podcast where we talk about SmackDown Raw, and this week, WrestleMania. This is our second episode for the week. Earlier, we talked about SmackDown and night one of WrestleMania. Today, we are going to cover night two of Mania and the Raw following it. And all of the fallout that happens. I am Jillian. With me, as always, is Abigail. And we have a lot to talk about. So if you are ready, less Jazzy A, we should dive in. I am so ready to get into this, all of this. Are you feeling less Jazzy? Is that why you? Yeah, I, so I felt very, very Jazzy uh, Friday (laughs) and Saturday. I was probably dangerous levels of Jazzy. And then uh, Sunday, I became far less Jazzy throughout night two. (laughs) And then at the end, my Jazziness really took a hit. Yeah. And then last night, the little the little bit of jazzy sparkle I had left was drained from my body. So, yeah, um, it's been really rough. When I was thinking about writing the intro for today, I was like, I have to say something about rubbing salt in our wounds, but I just mm. didn't end up doing mm-hmm. it. So, well, let's jump right in. Night two of WrestleMania 39. Uh, we kicks off with um, Omas and Brock. And you and I were both kind of worried about this <laughs> because... One, one, it wasn't that interesting, but also, like, would Brock kill Omas inadvertently while trying to, you know, German suplex him? And yes. he did German suplex him. And I guess you can't really kill Omas because he just kind of landed, like, on his lower back a little bit because he's so tall. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Um, I never say anything nice about Brock Lesnar. But you could see how he had sort of modified the way he did the German suplex to take it down lower than he normally would to accommodate for Omas's height. Oh, okay. I didn't really notice it. I was too busy watching Omas. I was scared. <laughs> I just, I want to give Brock a little bit of credit. And I have to say, this is probably the last kind thing I'm going to say about Brock <laughs> for the next two hours. But, um, yeah. you know, he, he clearly took some pains not to kill Omas. And thank you for that, Brock. Good job. Yeah, this match was very smashy it was longer than i thought it would be but not by much no um and brock ended up winning i don't know if that was any sort of surprise to you at all it didn't feel like a surprise to me it's like you know he he did orton method right he got owned yeah for a while and then he was like bork power and (laughs) he won and that's how every brock lesnar match goes so as as this night of WrestleMania started, I was like, well, night one's already beating night two. So I was like trying to remain optimistic. Yeah, but uh, I, this match, was, I just, they didn't need to have this match. So one of the things I felt during night two was that on night one, I was like, I'm not even mad that it ran till midnight because this was action packed, man. Mm-hmm. Like there was very little waste on that pay-per-view. Night two, I was like, we could have shut this down by 11 if we really put our minds to it. It's like they didn't want to have, like, a four-hour show the first night and, like, a two-hour show the second night. It's like, yes, maybe split it into two threes. <laughs> I don't know. Two threes is great. Yeah. If you really got to have two days or, you know, collapse it all into one show, get rid of the filler, and you can make it one WrestleMania again. And, I mean, there were certainly, like, lots and lots of highlights on night two. I don't want to sell short any no, of the great stuff that happened on night two. But yeah. Brock and Omos was not among, for me, those great things that happened. I agree. 
Well, let's move on to the women's showcase. We had Liv and Raquel versus Shayna and Ronda versus Chelsea and Sonia versus Natalia and Shotzi. I thought that Sonia and Chelsea kind of look like that couple that nobody really gets at a costume party. Like, how did they <laughs> arrive at this look? Is this a couple's costume? Is it not? What is happening? Because they were so vastly different that it was like, <laughs> you really hate each other, don't you? Yeah. It's like space dominatrix and bridal glam rock. Go. <laughs> I liked that Natalia had a little Shotzi hat with little cat ears on it. That was so cute. The kitty ears were wonderful. I loved that. That was oh, really cute. I loved it too. Um, so I guess, you know, both Braun Strowman and, and Raquel like to throw their small around. We yeah. have, you know, Braun launches Ricochet, Raquel launches Liv. That's like a new move now because they did it on Monday too. Run wrong. I like I like to imagine they were like sitting on the couch, like, you know, <laughs> she's looking at Tumblr and he's reading Reddit on his phone. And she's like, I'm just, I'm trying to get creative and really bond with Liv. And he's like, You tried tossing her? <laughs> Toss her like a dwarf in Lord of the Rings. Uh, he always sounds like that, even at home. It's, it's how he sounds. Uh, I thought that Shotzi and uh, Natalia worked really well together. Like, for a team that had been kind of thrown together, I mean, they, I want to say last minute, but not super last minute. They, yeah. they really seem to click really well. So like maybe they'll keep being a thing. I wouldn't mind that. And I, I have to say that I've never been like high on Shotzi or particularly low on Shotzi. She's just yeah. always kind of been around for me, but I was like, Shotzi, you're emerging is like kind of an MVP in this match. Like I'm really yeah. impressed with you. I agree. Um, It was nice to see her getting some, like good screen time in there i yeah. thought the double sharpshooter was kind of funny yes something different goofy but i dug it yeah um but like ugh, this ended kind of how you expect it to end right like yeah oh ronda lands the arm bar and oh Shotzi taps to it it's like can someone like not tap to the arm bar for once or like can ronda not be the person who wins every match she's in i don't know well, and I'm, I mean, I'm wondering how things might have gone differently if Shayna Baszler didn't get legitimately injured. Like, you know, when she lost her shoe, it was because I think she tweaked something. Oh, okay. I was wondering. And I don't think we're talking like out of action injury, just like she was out of the match for a while. Yeah. But it, it felt very much like what we expected to do was have Shayna kind of carry Ronda and then Ronda would come in for the win. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder how how well that's going to work as they go on to challenge for the tag team titles. I don't know, man. I, ugh. I'm just, I don't like them. Put Shayna with somebody else. Put Shayna with Sonya. Yeah. I don't know. Put Shayna with, you know, you want to make her a villain, make her a nice, make her a face for a minute. I don't know. She might be good at that. Give her a chance. Yeah. I feel like she's always been a heel. You know, I I don't know how great she is with building her character because we don't get to see that much of her. I mean, I remember her being a very dominant heel in NXT. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like maybe put her with a face and see if you can get some grumpy and sunshine magic going. I know. Like she doesn't have to do, she doesn't have to be like Sammy levels of amazing. She just has to like, I don't know, let her try something. She Maybe she's a really nice person. And just because she like is tough and like, isn't super feminine presenting they're like well obviously you're a heel you know like okay let's let's calm it down guys there's nothing more heelish than being a gender non-conforming woman even slightly yeah 
super heelish. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'm always in that weird place where like I like Shayna Baszler and I'd like to see more of Shayna Baszler and I'd like to see less of Ronda Rousey, but unfortunately they're like a combo meal where you don't really like one of the items. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to describe it. At the end of this match, I wrote down, so far, I am unimpressed with night two. <laughs> this that match was... was better than the Brock and Omos match. Absolutely. I mean, so it was one of those things where I was like, well, it's getting better, but the bar is in the floor. Yeah. And I think for a minute, I was really charmed that Natalia kind of carried Shotzi away. So that made me like it more than I really did when I think back on it. Also, I mean, it's a night two had so much to live up to because night one was like fucking spectacular, and I'm like yeah. still living off the high from the Rhea Charlotte match. Yes. So, um, we there's some filler with Bobby Lashley comes out carrying that giant ass trophy, which looks painful, and uh, so I'm gonna kind of skip over that part. <laughs> um, and uh, we saw Xavier Woods on the set of Up, Up, Down, Down. Kind of going to gloss over that as well. But was there anything you wanted to say about those at all? Not a thing, except I suspect that they made a smaller version of the trophy so that Bobby could carry it because the man looked a lot littler on it. It was still really heavy. Like, he should not be hauling that around. He's a thing When he set it down, it looked very difficult. <laughs> I was worried about him. There was I also thought, in his eyes. I also thought that um, Xavier Woods was going to punch um nikki cross when she kept like bugging him and like poking at him yeah. i was like this isn't good we need to I don't know. that would have drove me driven me crazy so good job I, xavier i don't think nikki's gimmick blends well with real life situations no like i don't i don't watch up up down down so maybe i'm wrong but i think that's something he does as himself as opposed to his wrestling character i think so too yeah so she she's a weird fit in those scenarios (laughs) well they also kind of just dropped her storyline right like she was trying to find friends and now that's like we haven't seen her for weeks so who knows i guess she didn't find any i guess not she tried xavier woods (laughs) that's gonna work out so after all this we have one of the matches we were looking forward to drew Mm -hmm. versus sheamus versus gunta for the intercontinental championship Drew came out looking handsome in a white kilt. He did. It was like, it was giving bridal, but also it was giving Scottish Lord themed OnlyFans photo set. <laughs> Very nice. Really um, I was like lolling very hard at Ludwig Kaiser's introduction of Gunter. Like, I don't oh know. Oh my goodness. Like, what was that? I Was he trying to be funny? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, it it read like a horror movie to me. I was like, I'm getting uncomfortable. What's going to happen? It was so weird. I was like, this is so strange. But this match was pretty brutal. (laughs) I enjoyed this a lot. I feared for everyone's life in turn. Yeah, like the chopping was crazy. Like it was like nonstop chops. Like I think the match was like 80% chops. Oh my God. It was a chop fest and they were hard, meaty chops. Oh my I God. have this deep fear of someone getting chopped hard enough to stop their heart. And me too, I know me too. I know it's not realistic, but I'm like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, because you'll kill him and then you'll feel so bad for the rest of your life. Well, and every time Seamus does his thing where he like, you know, just like nails them over and over again on their heart, like a 
when they're tied up on the ropes. I'm always afraid of that. I'm like, their heart's going to yes. stop. <laughs> I don't know the science behind that. but I just, I know the feelings, and the feelings are real. <laughs> um, there was a moment where I thought Seamus was going to win. Uh, when he yes. like he had Gunther in the Celtic cross thing and just kind of like threw him on the ground, mm-hmm. um, but I was, I mean Gunther retained. How do you feel about that? You know I felt okay with it. I really did. Um, I thought everybody gave their all in this match, and Gunther is certainly a believable champion. And at the end mm-hmm. of the day, they'd construct. I mean, he's a more than believable champion. That's damning it with Van Praise, but. At the end of the day, I feel like they really told the story of how Drew and Sheamus were a little too focused on yeah. Drew and Sheamus and the fallout of that. Yeah. Like, there was a point where um, Drew immediately gets rid of Gunther, so just he and Sheamus can keep, like, hurting each other's feelings. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not how we win titles, boys. <laughs> this is, it is not it. Very counterproductive. <laughs> Like, we've all got that X, but when you're at work, you've got to put it behind you. Yeah. I, uh, there was definitely that thing, like, you guys are just going to fuck it up because you're too busy being pissed off at each other. And that's what happened. Did Drew's trunks give you the vibe they gave me, which was that someone just took a gold glitter pen to some white briefs? Because that's kind of how I felt when I was looking at his trunks. The kilt was more magnificent than the trunks. I mean, I have a strong personal belief that white trunks are never okay. <laughs> it just feels like a bad move. I don't know. Yeah, like it's, it always looks like tidy whities to me. Yes. Yeah. It... <laughs> and I hate wearing white pants, so I always assume that they're like your last choice pants. You know? <laughs> he forgot to wash all of his trunks. All of my good trunks are in the washer. Yeah, it's just not. <laughs> It's not working. He was too focused on the rocket strapped to his legs. Step to my leg. <laughs> Bring it back. I love it so much. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about regarding this match? So there was one spot that I really loved in this match. Um, Drew and Seamus were clotheslining each other brutally, <laughs> but they were holding each other up while they did it. And I was like, this is a very toxic dynamic between you two. And I am here for it. And I I kind of won't be mad if you keep doing it after WrestleMania. It's like the physical embodiment of their entire relationship. It's very hot and cold, you know? Mm-hmm. You're hot and you're cold and you're yes and you're no and the rest of the Katy Perry song. <laughs> you're in and you're out. You're up and you're down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well... We go from that match full of angry chops and broken blood vessels to Asuka and Bianca for the Raw Women's Championship. How did you feel about the entrances? I feel like this is like the first time we got like a good entrance for the night. Yes. Um, Okay. The tiny little dancers that look like tiny little Biancas. Oh my god, they were amazing. They made my heart ten times too big. They were so freaking cute. Mm-hmm. I also, I think I shared with you a video of Seth Rollins kind of like cheering them on after yes. they came out. And, told them, and I was like, you're such a dad. I love you so much. That's so cute. Ugh, they were great. They were so good. Such talented yes. kids. 
they were really really precious and i loved it and then i also just loved the theater of oscars mm -hmm. and it was very oscar it was perfect for her it really was those dancers i think were called the divas of compton i think that was i the name saw of that yes you're i love right. that they are the divas of compton so Corey mentioned uh he said all the pomp and circumstance you'd expect at wrestlemania I'm pretty sure that means he was listening to our podcast because I kept mentioning the pomp and circumstance of WrestleMania. So thanks, Corey, for that subtle shout out to Wrestling is for Girls. Corey, if you're hate listening to us, just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's fine, too. Because we we're going to say so bit. much more rude stuff about you and your clothing. And it's all of it. <laughs> all of it. In all seriousness, no, the, thanks for listening, dude. That's great. I believe you, that he is he is probably our number one fan. <laughs> That's what I'm choosing to believe. <laughs> there was a couple, well, there was at least one scary moment that I wrote down during this match. And it was where Bianca, like, pulled Asuka over the ropes over her head. Yes. And, like, oh, my God. They had some crazy spots in this match. I don't think this match was as crazy as Rhea and Charlotte because I just feel like you couldn't top that and it didn't need to be i mean i'm not looking for every match to be like yeah. let's potentially kill each other but um i feel like this match started out a little bit like stilted or a little bit awkward like they hadn't quite found their rhythm right away but like once mm -hmm. they got into their rhythm it seemed really fluid and like just more organic i guess i can near see the end like, I at the beginning I didn't pick up on it, but I can definitely see that. I mean, I think it's a tough environment and they've got, they had some tough stuff to follow, not on night one, but on night two. So like, you know, yeah. I'm sure it takes a minute to find your flow. Um, I think for me too, one thing I wanted to keep in mind as I watched it is like, they both have a very different flavor than Charlotte and Rhea do. Like we talked about this, Charlotte and Rhea are uniquely ideal to face each other, I think. Yeah um these two just do different things they're not less athletic they're not less powerful but they are right. different so i tried to keep that in mind as i watched it yeah i think that's a good point they um it was really i think it was a really good showcase of both of their wrestling talents like it did a yes. really good job of like look how awesome these two are look at them smash each other did you notice at any point like did the audience sounds sound weird to you during this match like i swear at some point like randomly there was like sound piped in out of nowhere like it suddenly huh. got louder i don't know if they were like messing with microphones i don't know if you noticed that it was very strange i didn't notice that and i i wonder if that's the challenge of an outdoor environment maybe or if they did have because i know at one point during this match the screen went out for a little bit the like the big screen yeah the big screen okay. so i wonder if they had some technical difficulties and that might be oh. what you're picking up on okay that could be and i could so, totally see them trying to cover an absence of crowd noise with some weird canned crowd noise yeah it was it was just a strange moment that i was like did that happen i don't but anyway how do you feel about how this match turned out you know what i i'm really genuinely happy that bianca retained mm-hmm I do think, I think it's disappointing for Asuka because she rebranded. Yeah. 
you know, when it feels like on the heels of a rebrand, it's you should have some momentum. You're doing new things. But, you know, Bianca is a great champion who I really enjoy watching. So, yeah, she is really good. And not to get too far ahead, but I am excited to see what goes down with her and Rhea. So I know. That's so exciting. Not ever going to be disappointed about that. So very happy. Even though I was, I was wrong about everything on night two. I wonder what uh, is going to happen to Asuka now. Like what her, what her plan will be. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what would be a great rivalry for her. And I'm going to go back to something I said a really long time ago when we had the first iteration of other women wrestlers trying to take out damage control. Maybe she and EO Sky just go on to some kind of insane rivalry. I love when they face each other. Mm -hmm. It is so much fun. Did Eo Sky? Did she she doesn't do strong style, right? Hers is like because doesn't Asuka have some strong style? You know, all, like, I am strikes. I think so, but I'm not super well okay. informed on that enough to like see it and call it. I don't think Eo Sky does, but I could be wrong about that. Well, shall we move on? Yes, let's let's keep the party going. A big surprise of the night. A big surprise, a big, big surprise. Although I feel like we mentioned, I don't know. Miz we is did out with, talk about this happening. Like we psychically we? predicted okay. it. Yes. Miz and Snoop Dogg are in the ring. Miz should not dance. It was adorable and hilarious. And who comes out? Who comes out? But Shane McMahon, the prodigal son, he has returned. Of all the WrestleMania surprises <laughs> that there could have been. Of all the people that could have answered the Miz's open challenge. <laughs> I did not expect this at all. I I didn't either, especially because, you know, he had been sent home from either Raw or SmackDown for acting like a dick at one point. Oh, for real? Yeah, and then he had that terrible Royal Rumble performance, and it's like, dude, what are you doing here? No one is asking for this. But people were excited to see him, so I guess, you know, some people were. Yeah, people fucking love shit. I used to love Shane. I know I, used, you did. I have a Shane McMahon jersey hanging in my closet behind me. Oh my god! I didn't know you had the jersey. I knew you loved him. And I got the jer I have the navy blue and white jersey from like a hundred million years ago. So as he comes out, I'm you know taking notes and I write down. I wonder what horrible thing he'll do to his body for his father's approval. And, and not how? two minutes later, dude tears his quad. <laughs> it's not funny. I'm not laughing at him. I felt so bad. Like when he went down, I was like, oh, that's bad. <laughs> like, uh, you that could just rough. tell right away that that was not supposed to happen. Well, I was like, oh, that's going to be embarrassing. I wonder what he tripped over. And then very quickly it became clear that, oh, no, no, it was <laughs> so much worse than that. It was so bad. So uh, get well soon, Shane. Snoop really improv like a pro, though. That was adorable. I have to wonder if, like, any of that, if he had planned any of that. Like, was that supposed to happen anyway, but they just had to, like, bump it up into the, right. you know, the schedule or whatever I'm trying to say. But it was pretty cute. I enjoyed Snoop. You know what I really would have enjoyed? What if when the Miz uh, is, you know, puffing up and Snoop is threatening him with someone coming out <laughs> to kill him. What if it had been Martha Stewart? Oh my god. <laughs> Martha and Snoop are buddies. They are. They both know how to make a lot of money. 
if I had the option to pick Mrs. Night Two opponent and Martha Stewart was on that list, it's Martha totally Stewart the kind the of thing that would happen at WrestleMania too. Absolutely, and it's certainly just more, enough. Much more interesting choice than Shane freaking McMahon. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> so I I made a note because I was watching Snoop, and I've decided that he's like the Greek chorus of WrestleMania. Mm, say more say more so like he's like kind of making commentary on things he's observing what's going on he's like you know when he like left the ring because Miz was gonna wrestle and he was just like I'm out here now I'm gone like he just kind of felt like this kind of character that stands out and watches things and like has the you know third person omniscient view of everything that was going on and I I don't know how it just like struck me. And I was like, this is wonderful. I enjoy that theory. I like that a lot. Thanks. So this was a fun little thing. I mean, it would have been fine if they didn't have it and actually got into some other wrestling, but you know, it was, it was one of those things where I was like, there's a lot of people you could have brought out here other than Shane McMahon. Like you could have had an actual notable (laughs) surprise. Like, I don't know, Stone Cold or The Rock or Mick Foley or literally like any wrestler of note. Like Big E could have come back. Like, yes, that would have been Big super e. amazing. And I kind of I wondered, I wondered if they would bring out Baron Corbin <laughs> and he would like get one over on The Miz and that would be his moment or he'd be humiliated by The Miz. This is, again, again, I will say this is why you should be writing for them. I wondered if maybe Johnny Gargano would come out because they had their back and forth. You know, I'm like, guys. That'd be great. There were other options. You didn't have to call (laughs) the owner's son and be like, hey, can you come in on Sunday? Because we're short. There's seafood on the jet if you want some. (laughs) Um, There was no seafood on the jet on Sunday. The seafood on the jet was all Monday. We don't have seafood two nights a week. Sorry, it's steak. There's steak on the jet. Steak night. (laughs) It's Taco Tuesday on the jet. What if Roman was like, look, guys, I'm going to be honest with you with seafood on Mondays and steak on Fridays. I got some Arby's on the jet. Okay. I had a coupon. I need some curly fries. (laughs) Good choice. Well, after this, one of our most anticipated matches, Edge versus the demon Finn Balor. Um so right before this, they showed a trailer for that exorcism movie. Well, they did more than show a trailer. I mean, the match was like the Pope's exorcist branded with like the candles. Yeah. and the. Yeah, I started laughing because they had all that, like the candles. And I was like, oh, my God, your candle dreams came true, Abigail. <laughs> there are candles everywhere. That was fucking Russell Crowe that was introducing yes. the match. It, I didn't get it until the very end. I was like, Jesus Christ, that was Russell Crowe. Like. Can you imagine? Russell Crowe is like, you want me to do what? (laughs) It's such a weird crossover. And people hated it. Like, people did not appreciate the crossover with the Pope's freaking exorcist. (laughs) I want to see that movie, by the way, because you know I love a good exorcist movie, but... Same. Same. That was weird. I don't think it'll stand up to deliver us from evil because he doesn't (laughs) seem to have a handsome young assistant, but, uh, you know. We might be surprised. (laughs) I gotta check it out. I gotta give it a chance. 
<laughs> you know, I love that sexually charged Catholic <laughs> horror. Um, so another one of your predictions came true. We saw Brood Edge. We did see Brood Edge. It was wild. His fucking mask was really cool. Like at first, I was like, "Is this is this dorky?" I was like, "No, I like it. I think it's cool." I think I realized I liked it because Edge did it because if Finn had come out in that thing, I would have been like, you wanker. What the hell? But I was like, no, if Edge does it, it's fine. I like what Edge does it. And his little wings. Oh, my God. The disco skull and the bat wings. Like, thank you, Edge, for understanding the assignment. It was batshit. I loved it. It was absolutely friggin' nuts. And just for a minute, I was like, what if, what if Christian came back in his poet shirt? I know. I did, too. What if, what if, what if? I I wrote down, thank you, Edge. This was the bonkers entrance shit I was looking for. <laughs> right, like, when I am watching WrestleMania entrances, I want to feel like I made a mistake with substance abuse about an hour earlier <laughs> and things are going poorly. I want to feel like the world is collapsing. <laughs> uh, it was so good. Right. Did you see what was on the back of Edge's coat? There was, like, a, an image of something. You know, I don't know what it was. I couldn't tell either. It sort of looked like it was a picture of the Lost Boys, but I'm pretty sure that's not what it was. But that would be fantastic. <laughs> it all comes full circle. At his, um, of course, after Edge comes out, we see Finn as the demon, and they played his original music, and I was so happy. I was so happy to hear it again. I thought the smoke... <laughs> Bless Finn's heart. He's such an awkward kind of dork sometimes, like with his little like smoke canisters hand thing. I was like, you're adorable, Finn. This is adorable. And he had like the mohawk demon. Apparently the the demon has gone punk. Well, I noticed it was ribbons too. So I think he heard your criticism of the belts and was like, I got to step it up. There was a silver belt. I saw it <laughs> in a you still photo. Defiant. <laughs> in a still photo, there was a silver belt. I felt bad for the people sitting like close to the ramp when he was coming down with that smoke. Oh my god. <laughs> he said to be gagging. <laughs> I don't know how he wasn't gagging. I mean, he was like in it. He's a demon. He doesn't need to breathe. That's true. That's how. That was just so wonderful. His body paint was really cool. Like Epic. I had forgotten about the body paint part. It was ugh, it was just it made me really happy. I didn't realize like when they started wrestling Okay, this match was fucking nuts. This was the it nuts was bonkers. Match. Yeah. Like, it was like brutality from moment number one, which I guess, mm -hmm. I mean, fits, right? Fits the narrative. Right. But, like, I guess I, I had kind of forgotten. I hadn't see, haven't seen a Hell in a Cell match in a while, I guess, so I was really, like, paying attention. But there's so little room between the ring and the fence Yes, no and it's just like the amount of shit that they were doing to each other in that like three feet of space. I was like, this is gonna go poorly. It is absolutely not surprising that someone got their head ripped open. I so so like when Edge, you know, threw the the ladder at him and it hit Finn. I thought it hit him like in the like on the front of his forehead. Yeah, but then you saw that picture. Oh my god, it was like a four-inch gash on the top of his head. 
That's so scary. And then there was like blood all over the mat for the rest of the match. I felt so bad for him. I was like, yeah. this dude is hardcore. Like, oh my God. That was crazy. I don't know how wrestlers do it mm -mm. because like I've had a hangnail on my thumb for the last three days and I've <laughs> seriously considered calling into work over it because it hurts so much. And all I do is talk about it and tell people about it and complain. Are you pumped the, up on adrenaline while you're doing it? No, but I don't think it would make any difference. Like, <laughs> I mean, if I was Finn Balor, I would have thrown up and laid down in that order. It's like, no, nope, we're done. Yeah. Good luck. He just seems so like, yeah, it happened. Like, he has fucking staples in his head. I know. I can't imagine. I also want to know like. how they put staples in your head with a staple like, gun. I know, but like. Do the staples like anchor into the skull? No, I don't think so. I think they're very, very superficial. They're just basically <sighs> like a, a suture. Okay. okay. Yeah. Nah. Um. So I noticed. I, I guess I've never noticed this before, but like Cole and Graves were, you know, doing their commentary during this match, and like sometimes when they would say something, they would kind of like almost laugh, like a surprised kind of laugh. Yeah. Do you think that's because like? they're genuinely surprised by what's happening like it just kind of shocks them or do you think it's like that's kind of scripted to so that they do it like that i think they're probably surprised because i don't know how much information they go out there with yeah i wonder that too but i am guessing it's largely like you know this is this is what's going to happen like someone's going to interfere or we're mm -hmm. going to have a feigned injury or something and then edge is going to win yeah i don't think it's like and then it you know 37 seconds edge will do this so i, I do think there's okay. a genuine surprise for things like that yeah. i like that i like thinking that they don't know everything because mm -hmm. i want that to be genuine i used to think when vince was around although he's back but um i used to think when vince was around like everything was fucking scripted down to the letter um, and i i think it much more was i mean I remember reading things about how like commentary was so hard because he was constantly in your ear screaming at you. Yeah. Ugh. So. Uh, shout out to Edge for consistently having the best crazy eyes in wrestling since day one. Amen. I'm putting up a one for Edge. <laughs> I, I will also put up the one. Um, I think that Edge absolutely sells lunacy in the ring. <laughs> he really does. He makes you believe that he is so overcome with a desire to hurt his opponent that he's just not with us on this planet anymore. Yeah. And I love it. So Edge wins. He sure did. Sentimental favorite, Edge wins. Sentimental what favorite. do you think happens next? I don't know. I feel like this was a great conclusion yeah. to Edge and Finn Balor. I feel like it's time... <laughs> To let it go because Edge has resoundingly defeated Finn these last two times they've faced off, right? Yeah. In the match with Rhea and Beth. And in this match, like, it's time to move on. Yeah, I'm hoping for that. I imagine Finn will take a break for a while while his head heals. Although maybe he won't. I don't know. Wrestling is crazy. Maybe he's just going to wear a beanie for the next few weeks. <laughs> a little helmet. Oh, that'd be cute. We um we have to talk about the kendo stick bondage spot. Oh, when he's trapped in the corner? 
how creative was that like yeah blocking him into the corner with the kendo sticks that was really good i liked that That a lot the i was just thinking about kendo sticks because i watched the did you watch nxt the nxt pay-per-view did you ever get to watch it i haven't yet no well there's lots of kendo sticks in that i know everything that happened though so you may speak freely okay well in the johnny gargano match um there's it's like kendo stick a palooza in that one (laughs) and i just like i know they're relatively light but it's still gotta hurt like so badly when you get cracked with one of those things it does still hurt yeah there's like you can see the welts they leave there's it hurts dislike 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 injury dislike pain so this match was a definite highlight. I think the whole time I was just kind of like kind of grimacing because I was like mm-hmm. enjoying it. But it was also just like this all looks so horrifically painful. And I was just waiting for someone like I think at one point Edge like moved the stairs or something and they were like yeah. pointing in a weird direction. And I was like, someone is going to land on that and die. I thought someone was going to break their ribs, break an ankle, get stuck on something like just something bad was going to happen. Well, right at the end, when Finn jumps off the side of the cage onto the table, like, that's right before Edge pins him, right? Yep. Like, that also looked really rough. Like, obviously planned, you know, go through the table, but, like, just to, like, the way Finn kind of, like, jumps and holds his two legs together and then lands, like, that had to have hurt. That was one of the places I was like, he's going to break his ankles. Yes. I thought that was going to, like... Because you didn't, I mean, you knew that he hurt his head, but they didn't really show it. So it was like, mm. this is going to be it. His body is broken. Dude is going to dislocate both his knees, and it's going to be the worst thing oh, I have ever God. seen on television. Uh, I wonder if, I mean, being conditioned isn't going to, like, prevent every single injury. But that dude seems like one of the most well-conditioned athletes. So I'm wondering if that saved him at all. Well, and it's also, like there's a certain comparison to be made between professional wrestling and close-up magic right yeah like there there are things wrestlers are doing to make it look like brutality is happening where it's not quite as bad as it looks you know we're yeah. pulling punches and so i i trust finn that he's got this on lockdown but the human body is frail i know it was a it was a great match it was like a wonderful wrestlemania match a plus 10 of 10 like everything you wanted in terms of physicality in terms of telling the story and certainly in terms of spectacle yeah big spectacle uh after this there's a little bit of kayla and bianca backstage where we see bianca doing her um being her queenly self and praising other wrestlers because that's just what she does she's wonderful um i don't really have much to say about this part but i wanted to mention it because we're covering all things WrestleMania. We don't miss the details on this show, except when we do. Well, it's time for the main event of WrestleMania. Yep. Yeah, it is. Cody versus Roman. This match <laughs> was a uniquely painful experience. But let's talk about the entrances. Let's let's talk it through. Let's get the hurt out. Um. So Cody had angel wings on his coat. Cody had wings. Those aren't usually there, right? No, those are not usually there. Okay, I didn't. I didn't really get it, but I was like, okay, Cody. You do I you. thought 
they might do something like open. That would be. I I was hoping that would happen. I was like that would be fucking cool, but no. It's like don't half-ass it, Cody. If you've got wings, make sure they're operable. <laughs> and then he gave Luke Harper's son his weight belt, which yeah. I thought was really kind. That was really nice. I also want to acknowledge that uh, Cody and Brandy's baby is adorable. Oh my God, she's so cute. Like she's. I'm not a huge babies, babies, babies person. And I was like, I could be a mother. <laughs> I could have a baby. No, I can't. I'm struggling to raise a cat, but she's a <laughs> cute baby. She is cute. I, his whole entrance was like, obviously it was genuine, but it was also engineered to very much be like, oh my gosh. Yes. Tug the heartstrings. You thought you loved Cody before? Just wait. And like, like holding his baby, giving his belt to a friend's son, like mm -hmm. all of the things to just be like, we love you so much more, Cody. I mean, look, I think Cody has a real spirit of genuineness about him. And I also yes. think, I mean, he's talked about this, how he's like not an off the cuff guy. He thinks stuff through. Mm -hmm. He plans that he works on what's he, what he wants to say. So like, yeah, all of this is calculated to make you feel for Cody. <laughs> It's a great, I mean, he did a great job. You evil <laughs> genius. Well, then we see dueling pianos for Roman Reigns' entrance. Roman was like, you know what I think is cool? Um, pianos. Do you think we could have like Billy Joel and Elton John playing my entrance music? <laughs> Paul what if like, I came no out? Tribal Chief. What if I came out and it was like, we didn't start the fire, but then it transitioned into Rocket Man. No, we're not. My tribal chief, no. No. I love the idea that he just like really wanted Billy Joel and Elton John. You know, he saw that farewell tour and uh, yeah, it spoke to him. It was still pretty cool. I mean, it was like the was pianists cool. were wonderful. The music yes. was really cool. Um, were you at all surprised that the Usos weren't with him. It felt portentous. Okay. And here's the thing. I wasn't surprised because I thought, oh, he is going to rip them apart on Monday. Yeah. So I felt like this is, this is confirming that they're on the shit list. Yeah. I felt like that too. So the match is amazing i guess i mean i i i, it, I thought so i thought they did an amazing look my dissatisfaction with this has nothing to do with cody or roman or anyone else who was involved in it yeah it was um i mean it was everything i could have hoped for except for the mm -hmm. ending but uh solo got ejected which i was very pleased with yes um i had a moment where i was like is paul gonna turn on roman and help cody just because there was like this moment where Paul was kind of like looking at Cody across the ring, like almost sympathetically. Like I felt like maybe he was like having a moment where he was like, Dusty would want me to take care of him. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. Um, and but the minute you happened. said that, I was like, what if Paul's like looking across the ring at Cody and was like, now is the time to cash in the chips on the probable winner and totally switch sides. Ooh. that feels like a Heyman thing that's the it Heyman does. hustle right I mean yeah that's that's a good point both would have been wonderful 
there were like dueling leg locks, which I thought was pretty crazy. Yeah. Very, I think, creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and then bloodline happened, right? So the Usos came in, super kicked Cody, which made me really sad. I was really mad. I was also mad because I was like, God damn you, Usos. Well, I I was like, guys, you were dissed. You were, <laughs> what are you, you doing? Were told you could have been out here this whole time. You like it's not a yeah. surprise that you're gonna come get involved. Like, I mean, I know it's scripted, but I'm like, you guys have no self respect. These characters <laughs> have no self respect. It's true, right? They're they just fall in line. Can we but... also talk about before we go on? Okay. I just want to mention that Solo did the most heel thing I have ever seen right before the Usos came out. In which he took the weight belt that Cody had given yes, to Brody <laughs> Lee's son to hit him with it. And I was like, did you just take a weight belt from a partially orphaned child to hit his deceased father's friend with? You are a monster solo. Well done. All I Good kept heel see- shit, thinking was like, he's going to get that back, right? Please tell me he's going to get that back. Somebody make sure that kid gets that back. I was so upset. I mean- I assume if I was that kid's age, and obviously he has a good understanding of how professional wrestling works, having grown yeah. up with it, that he probably thought it was the coolest shit possible. Oh, probably. But I was like, this is the worst heel shenanigans I've ever it seen was amazing. in my life. When he hit him with that belt, Jesus. Like, yeah, it's rough. Uh, <laughs> Street champ's a real asshole. Just gonna put he that out really there. fucking is, man. He's like winning at healed him for sure. I love him. I really do. <laughs> so we got, the, <laughs> we got the Usos, but then we got Sammy and KO. Because they're friends till the end. It was wonderful. Loyal. I was like, please, someone come in and save Cody. <laughs> so they come and then kind of like hustle the Usos out. It was like a quick like interlude and then bloop, 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 off they go. It's like, it's what faces do, right? They're not here to give an advantage. They're just here to level the playing field. They're not here for a long time. They're here for a good time. For a good time. And then the worst possible thing ever in the history of the world happens. (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, I have to say... It ended in the way so many wrestling matches end, right? Yes. X is pinned. Ref doesn't see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, did he tap? Did Roman tap? Uh, you know, this is he terrible. He was tapping. I, didn't, I, didn't, I think he was. Yeah, I didn't write it down. I didn't either. I think he was. Anyway, that matters, but doesn't matter. I mean, obviously, <laughs> we we know that Cody can beat him, right? We know that Only Cody one can thing. beat him. Yes. Yes. We, Cody had him, but it didn't matter. Yeah. Because Solo comes in. And like, fucks it up. In his hoodie, as if it was a big freaking secret. I'm like, oh, I, I wonder who that shoeless man in a black hoodie is. <laughs> the taped up knees. <laughs> and the taped up his, thumb. He's got his thumb out locked and loaded. I wonder what that means. <laughs> it must be some hitchhiker. <laughs> it's Rolo Rakoa, a brand new wrestler we've never seen before. <laughs> um... And of course, Roman retains. Yeah, the audience was fucking crushed, man. It was. <sighs> I've seen a lot of excusing from 
I mean, dad did some excusing about how, well, you know, the story continues. That doesn't mean the story is over. And like Paul Heyman kind of did the same thing. Like, oh, Cody's more over than ever now. And it's like, yeah, but look at that crowd. They, I mean, it wasn't like, oh, we're pissed. It was like people were sad. People were yeah. confused. Like, what, what happened? Well, that's going to get much worse. on. <laughs> and I just, I want to be real honest that like during this match, I was a, a mark, right? Oh, yeah, like I was too. the worst. It's real to me. Damn it. Mark in the world. <laughs> and it felt like shit. It was it just awful. made me sad. Yeah. I really like, I just really hope this was going to be like, it was going to be a happy ending because it just yeah. felt like that's how it's supposed to go. Right. Like it should have been a Hollywood ending. Yeah. It, it felt like, it felt like Cody had done all the things. And I guess that's the tragic reality is that even when you do all the things, you don't mm -hmm. always win. Maybe it'll be like Rocky. So, you know, in Rocky one, he loses to Apollo Creed. Mm -hmm. And then in Rocky two, he comes back and beats him. So maybe, you know, he's going to train with like a grumpy old man. I love and, it. Um, break up with Brandy for <laughs> a while. <laughs> Oh, don't do that, uh, Cody. That would be sad. When he was sitting in the ring saying I'm sorry oh. to the oh I was God. like, fuck you all. This is more than my jaded heart can take. Like this was like I feel like this was emotional manipulation on like a uh -huh. new level for for WWE. Like fantastic. I mean, great job. Great job. Sure, you it got worked. me in the first half. Absolutely. But oh my God, it was awful at the end. I was just like, ugh. I just felt deflated. I was like, I guess I'll go to bed now. <laughs> As sad. predicted, I did well up. I got real emotional did about you? it. I yelled at my husband for like half an hour about it. And he was like, <laughs> afterwards, like, you want to go to bed now? You tired? Like you would talk Try to a out. little kid who had a tantrum at the zoo. And you know what? I was that little kid. I was. Do you need a drink of water before bed? I did. I needed a drink of water. I needed my favorite <laughs> stuffed animal, the good pajamas, and two stories. Not one. <sighs> so, WrestleMania. I mean, that concludes WrestleMania 39. It sure does. Next year, it'll be in Philadelphia. Uh, It's it was the best WrestleMania I remember watching. That's the thing. Um, highs and lows for sure. Yeah. The lows were really low, but the highs <laughs> were so high. There was, and I want to be really clear that as disappointed as I may have been with some outcomes or just some matches, you know, like overall, every performer on the show, like kicked ass. Absolutely. It was great. Amazing. Except Austin yeah. Theory. Yeah, he can go sit in a ditch <laughs> in the rain, but everyone else really well done. It was great. It was a I had so much fun. Like I really didn't get bored. There have been WrestleMania in the past where I'm just like, oh my God. But and this it... was fucking great. And I hope it continues. Like I've just yeah. <sighs> I mean, this will carry us into Raw. Are you ready to get raw? Yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm ready. So the the Cody sort of sadness will ca carries us into Monday Night Raw. And who do we see? Who greets us first? It's Dad. Dad. 
Dad's and I am always happy to see Dad. Even if he's here to finesse me, I'm happy to see Dad. I miss Dad's old music. Yeah. You know, like the, the, the down game to play music. The game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all so about the game better. and how you play it. Yeah. I like that one a lot better. I do want to sit him down someday, though, and be like, what does that mean? It's all about the game and how you play it. But you're the game. What are you talking? What's happening? You're I just trying to find logic in wrestling. Well, it's like. I want the kind of logic that you could find in Evolution Song. Do you remember the Evolution Song? No. So it's either Motorhead or Just Lemmy. I can't remember. But the first line is ingenious. It's uh, evolution is a mystery full of change <laughs> that no one sees, which is an entirely accurate description of evolution. <laughs> I Didn't Lemmy pass? Yeah, yeah, I believe you do. Oh, damn it. We'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. But I mean, that's like, it's a very simplistic description of evolution, but that is actually how evolution works. That is true. <laughs> so kudos to you guys, but I digress. So dad did his old pose and that made me really happy. Yeah. I miss it him. Was... I'm so glad that I got to see Triple H wrestle. I am too. I'm really glad that the dad was part of my wrestling life for a long time. Yeah. Although... The first thing I wrote down when he came out was in all caps. I hope you're here to say you're sorry because you should be. I. Well, when he came out, I was like, well, this is going to be about the sale, right? So, yeah. Wrestling News, WrestleMania, WWE has been bought by an MMA company. Endeavor. It's the Endeavor. parent company of UFC. Of, like, everything, right? Mm -hmm. So... That's a little scary just because, I don't know, it, it could mean a million different things, but dad is coming out to reassure everybody that nothing is going to change. Couched within this, though, is that Vince is also back. And I read a little thing after Raw that, like, Monday Night Raw was very much a Vince production. Yeah, and it was it was funny because... I knew that going in. I had, well, I didn't know oh. that. I had read a few articles that he was there okay. on Tuesday morning. And then I read a little more. It was basically like, he's there. He's running things. He's basically, it's a Vince show. Ugh. And I didn't want it to color how I felt about it. But I'm going to be honest. This was not a post-WrestleMania Raw. This was not a great Raw. No. And there was... I have some notes about some things that were last minute changes because Vince is the king of last minute changes. Oh, okay. Did you find these somewhere? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I've read a variety of articles, which I cannot source off the top of my head, but I will source them. If anyone complains, you can tweet us and I will uh, cite my sources. Um, apparently there was supposed to be a women's triple threat match to pick a new number one contender that got scrapped. Um, Bailey was supposed to accompany damage control to the ring, but was told not to at the last minute. Omas and Elias was added at the last minute, likely replacing that women's triple threat match. And, uh, you notice that weird moment with Seth Rollins where he came out and did nothing. Yes. So people have video from the event where he came out and was waiting in the ring and then someone came up to him and told him something and he looked annoyed and animated and then left. Oh. So it looks like 
and I saw one thing that uh, maybe Pretty Deadly was supposed to come out. They're the NXT tag team. Okay. And that didn't happen, but I don't know if that was actually confirmed or just speculation, but he was just basically told, go backstage after you, you know, come out here and run around. <laughs> and then the way the show ends, not to get too ahead of ourselves, was also added at the last minute. Well, that doesn't surprise me, right? Bork is a Vince guy. Yeah. So, so this is one of our biggest fears, right? Because I mean, we have been talking all along about how wonderful we've found wrestling since Vince has left. And now that he's back, you know, what is that going to mean? And I don't know. It, It might signal the end of wrestling is for girls. I don't know. Next week on some <laughs> other thing is for girls. I'm just going to be so sad if it goes back to the way it was. I know because, I mean, when I stopped watching, it was just not interesting to me anymore. Like, I, I hadn't been watching for weeks, if not months at that point. Yeah. Like, I'd been getting out my laptop and doing something else entirely. It was so. predictable and mm. boring. And scattershot like this, like when I come in on the night after WrestleMania, I expect a few things, right? I expect some stories continuing and Mm -hmm. getting kind of like the next steps in that continuation. I expect exciting new stories to start. And we did get one of those with Bianca Mm -hmm. and Rhea, and that was great. Um, I expect surprise guests, like exciting surprises. I expect NXT call-ups. Yeah. Like, I just, it didn't have that wow factor. It We were back to, like, well, we did our homework on the bus. I just, like, the insistence, like, just his fucking ego, it just kills me. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm sure at some point someone has told him, like, nobody likes the stuff that you do. But, of course, they probably got fired immediately, so. I mean, I everything i've ever heard about his behavior at work is just the man is a lunatic yeah i've heard the same and i thought knowing this and then going back and thinking about dad coming out and giving this like don't worry nothing bad's gonna happen everything's gonna stay the same like it took on this new color for me Mm -hmm. and it it started to feel like the speech you get when the company is going under, but the boss is like, guys, we are stronger than ever. Don't you even worry a little bit. Nobody's going to lose their jobs. And no then like layoffs. the next day, pink slips. The next day you come in and your card doesn't work to get in the building. You know? Yeah. Well. Let's I want to raw. Yeah. <laughs> So dad's out and, you know, I really kind of expected him to say like, you know, I've been listening to this really great podcast and I want to say how many ideas of theirs we've used. So please stop writing writing me letters. (laughs) If I listen every week, will you cut it with the letters? And the answer is no, dad. Those letters are, you know, do some parenting. Yeah. And then maybe I will stop writing you letters. Do you ever come by on a Saturday and take me to the park? No. I'm tired of parenting myself, Dad. Yeah, like, I've been raising myself for 42 years. When do you step in? (laughs) When? (laughs) So Dad introduces Roman Reigns. And, like, I just, the heat this man has right now is so great. It is hotter than hell. (laughs) It's like, people are just like, fuck you, dude. 
<laughs> Nobody wanted to do the the bloodline salute. <laughs> One thing I they did, people still did. So the um, so the the gra- I often talk about the graphics, right? So the graphic of Roman where he like does the stretch and then yells or whatever. Yes. <laughs> I guess I don't know how I missed this before, but it looks like there's like an animated burp cloud coming out. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Do you know what I mean? Because he like yells in this like blue mist or something yes, comes out, and I'm like, yes. what is that supposed to be? That's uh, that's the vaporous island of relevancy forming around <laughs> him. <laughs> that's, his de- that's his uh defense, his shield. Ooh, Someone... his shield. Ooh, his shield. <laughs> you know, the thing is, though, as mad as I am, like, at the character Roman Reigns, if the shield reunited next week, I would be like, I love you. That would be so much fun. I would die. I love you. So someone had a really brilliant sign in the crowd. It was not as good as Tribal Queef, but I've accepted that nothing <laughs> will ever be that good ever again. I wrote it down said, the sign, too. I hope it's the same one. I even hate <laughs> Times New Roman. <laughs> I wrote that down. I was like, that sign is great. Well done, typography nerds. We're happy you're here. <laughs> that was so fun. Um, So Solo and Paul come out with Roman. No Usos. I had a question for you. So Roman's on this, like, heading toward a thousand day reign. Yeah. Do you think we could get sick of this reign like I did personally with Bork Laser's reign? saying pork laser i remember being so sick of that motherfucker because he was champion for like it felt like forever it felt way longer than roman and he just won all the time and like showed up every you know couple of weeks no sorry every couple of months maybe i feel like here's the thing if roman reigns remains sort of this interesting cult leader monster asshole you can see the doubts and the insecurities breaking through the cracks sometimes. Like, he, he remains a dynamic character doing interesting things. Yeah. And having good matches, then I will totally stay invested in Roman Reigns and enjoy, like, he'll be the guy I love to hate. Okay. I agree. But I mean, I just, yeah. If not, if... He's going to go the way of Bork. Yeah, he's going to get borked real hard, you know, like I'll always retain my fondness for Roman Reigns. I can never be mad at any of the people who gave me the shield, but I can lose interest. Yeah, I hope not. I don't I'm really enjoying this. It's really fun, but I'm just everything. I'm scared now. Like I'm scared of everything now because Vince is back and I'm just like the rug's going to get pulled out from under us. It's hard to trust right now. So I don't know if you noticed, but Solo was like quite sweaty in the ring that like compared to like roman i was wondering if he got food poisoning from like (laughs) bus seafood i mean honestly if you were constantly putting out giant trays of seafood some of it raw on buses and planes like yeah somebody's (laughs) gonna get the chocolate rain it's gonna happen i was just like oh solo are you okay so cody interrupts all this right in his grimace suit okay so i did not like the color i loved the look do you have a pocket watch Yes. He had a pocket watch chain, and I was like, oh, yes. That's, I love that. I loved that so much. Um, I thought it was weird that Cody said Roman was a better competitor because I feel like that was a concession he didn't need to make. So I, I feel like he wasn't, 
I feel like what he was saying was you were the better man last night. As opposed to like you are a better competitor globally, if that makes sense. Maybe, but even that, even that I would be like, I wouldn't give it to him because he didn't. No, he didn't. He didn't, he didn't win fair and square. It's like, does Cody respect... Does he respect the full hustle of Roman Reigns, where Roman Reigns can get it done in the ring, but doesn't often because he doesn't have to, and he plays yeah. smarter, not harder. And you know, it's like game acknowledging yeah. game, although not acknowledging because the one word he wanted to say was not acknowledgement. It was rematch. <laughs> it was. I have a note in here because, you know, Cody was saying like, "I had you last night," right? Like. I beat you essentially. And I was like, I, my worry was coming through. I was like, I feel like they can't let this go unanswered, right? They can't let they can't right. let fans suffer forever, right? I was like, you're gonna make this okay, right? <laughs> Please. I was so like stressed out. So Cody wants a rematch, right? And I love that Roman's just like, no, <laughs> no. I really so there was a point where uh, Paul Heyman was like. I want to f let me field this one tribal chief. And I really wanted Roman to be like, no, no, I just, I've had enough of you, dude. You are like always being weird and peering over my belts and please just go away. I just want to talk to Cody. He's such a creep in the background. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, I was struck again though. Like when he was saying no on behalf of Roman Reigns, like how good at his job he is. Like Paul oh Heyman is so good yes like, he like i'm always gonna watch him like he's always interesting he uh he has that same gift that i think cody does where he could literally get in there and talk about anything and i would be mm -hmm. like yes wise man say more <laughs> i'm interested did you think it was weird that cody wanted a tag match because he couldn't get a re match I mean, it's the compromise, right? Like, that made a little sense to me. Like, Roman's telling him he's never going to get a rematch. But at least maybe he's going to get an opportunity to wail on him a little bit. <laughs> and kind of prove his point. You know, it's not it's not what you want. It's like, you know, to go back yeah. to the fast food combo meal metaphor. Like, you go to McDonald's and the ice cream machine is broken. Ugh. But you can get an apple pie. So you take the two apple pies. Yeah. Definitely not the same thing. Not the same thing, they but it's do what you can get. Pies, though. They sure do. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so like the big surprise of this is that, you know, yeah. Cody doesn't have a tag partner. Who's going to be your tag partner, Cody? And there's like stipulations, right? Roman's like, yeah, I'll wrestle you, but it can't be anyone. What was it exactly like? It can't be anyone who's... It couldn't be anyone who wrestled the past. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It had to be someone who wrestled this past weekend at WrestleMania. Right. right. And anyone who agreed to team with Cody would never get another title match against Roman ever again. Okay. Okay. That was the part I couldn't quite um, remember. So who yeah. shows up? Bork Laser. I really thought it was going to be John Cena. I mean, that would have made sense, right? Hero and hero against pooper and pooper right because he'd be like i'm not a full-time competitor i don't care about getting a title shot against you and i love raising hell so here i am that would have been so awesome yeah 
But no, we got Bork, and that was fine. That was the apple pie, whatever. He was, like, the drunk friend nobody wants around. Like, he was, like, so, like, rough. He was, like, hugging Cody and just, like, oh, buddy, we're, you know. And I was just, like, so uncomfortable. And I was, like, this doesn't feel right. And later we find out that it shouldn't have felt right. There was a moment where, like, maybe I was just reading too much into it, but it seemed like Cody's body language was legitimately uncomfortable. Like, wait, (laughs) what are you doing? I'm like, is he squeezing him too hard? Does he smell like bathtub gin? Like, what is happening right now to cause this? Yeah, I he did not look pleased. Very stiff. The whole time, too, I was like, he's just gonna f five Cody at any moment. Because it's what he does, right? Like, right. he's a prankster. And I was like, oh, he didn't. I guess he's happy and excited to be here. Well, lo and behold, I knew in my heart the whole time. Dude's a dick. Did you? So I'm watching all this, and I'm like, this is all very interesting, except it's absolutely not once Brock entered <laughs> the picture. But, like, where are the Usos? Are we going to talk about the Usos? Are we going to address the Usos? And I know we kind of get this later, but I was like... Later, yeah. How are we not, like... I know, why wasn't that front and fucking center? Yes, like, where are the Usos? Yeah, like, why didn't you have Roman start talking about that and then have Cody interrupt if you wanted to have Cody interrupt? Like, can we please talk about the twin elephants in the room? (laughs) And I think it would have made perfect sense, like... Roman starts to dress them down. Cody comes out and interrupts. And then when Roman gets back to yelling at them, he's even madder. Yeah. And it's even worse. You know, that's what I expected. But (laughs) expectation is the father of disappointment. Speaking of the father of disappointment, dear dad, (laughs) can you please fucking listen to this podcast and like hire us because we have great ideas. If he's the father of disappointment, that makes us (laughs) disappointment. That's fine. I never said I wasn't disappointed. (laughs) Never said I was a role model. (laughs) So I want to jump ahead a little bit to the Usos. Unless you want, unless there's anything else you wanted to say about that opener. You know what? There was one thing. Oh, go ahead, please. There's a moment where Cody turns to Paul Heyman and asks if Heyman thinks he is in a normal mood. And I was like, I'm going to. I'm going to start using that in my personal life. Are you in a normal mood? It's like, do I, do I seem like I am in a normal mood to you? It's like, (laughs) it works. You know, I really like it. I love Cody. I love how much I I love Cody. I know. I, I didn't, I've always liked Cody. I didn't think it would be this overwhelmingly painful. Like back in the day when he was in legacy, I was like, Cody's fine. I liked him when he was stardust. Like, but now I just like love Cody. Love it's great. The shit out of that guy. It's great. So jumping ahead a bit because in the interest of time, we're not going to talk about everything on Raw this week. Plus, so much of it was random, boring, and bad. <laughs> yeah, we see the Usos knocking on Roman Reigns' door. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Paul he's comes there. out and is like, "Oh, he's doing something else. Go get on the jet. It's full of seafood." I laughed so hard because it's like you're you're still going with this seafood thing. I'm just like, they really are listening to our podcast. Like, it cracked me up so much. I really wanted after he closed the door for like Jay to be like, I don't even like seafood. I'm allergic to like five kinds of seafood. 
do you think he even knows and jimmy's like oh he knows he knows <laughs> did you see jay's face like I sure did see Jay's face. He looked displeased. He knew they were being dismissed. Yeah, I love that it was very characteristic of them. Jimmy kind of takes it in stride like, no problem, <laughs> Oos, I'll go eat all that warm gas station sushi you got on the plane and act like it's really good. And Jay's yep. like, I, I know what's happening. I know when I have been sent home from school. Yep. I was like, ooh, if this fucking thread gets dropped, if any of this shit gets dropped... I'm going to throw Vince McMahon into the street. I will help you do that. Oh, my God. And, like, I mean, I feel like they carried it through, like, you know, Heyman is saying Roman wants them to know it was a great WrestleMania for yeah. some people. And he and so Solo will up. take him, like, oh, you're such a monster. So it's yeah. still there. It hasn't been lost yet. The thing is, too, is that Paul Heyman in this, like, I mean, we've talked about his role, is, like, he's adding the like he's adding the cherry on the sunday right like he yes. could just say to them like oh he he wouldn't even have to say any of that wrestlemania stuff he wouldn't have to like twist the knife right he could have just been Absolutely. like go wait on the jet go eat the seafood but he like peppers in this like horrible like backhanded sort of compliment shit it's awful he's so good at it he is so good at making sure that they know how much trouble they are in. Yep. While also kind of gaslighting them about it. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's well done, Paul. Well done. Masterful. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to jump forward a little bit more. Let's do it. We see Ray Mysterio victorious after beating up his child. I mean, it's like a weight is off his shoulders now that he has hit his son with a belt. So he's talking and fucking Austin Theory interrupts. Did this surprise you? Yes. I was like, what are we going? Okay. The minute I saw this, I was like, and he talked about like how he's going to beat Ray and add his ass to the collection. First of all, brilliant wording, Austin. Second of all, <laughs> I was like, are you giving him some watered down legend killer gimmick? Because there will only ever be one legend killer. And it's Randall Keith Orton. <laughs> it's not Austin Theory. It was just so weird. Like, what? Oh, the whole thing was super, super weird. Well, and then he, oh, classic Austin. So they're like chanting, you tapped out, right? And he's like. All of you tapped out because you didn't believe in me. <laughs> it's like, like, buddy, stop trying to make stuff up on the fly. Do you know that meme where there's like exit ramps and the car is like speeding towards <laughs> the one marked as a bad decision? Yeah. It's like perfectly normal thing for a heel to say in a promo. Whatever came into Austin Theory's head that minute. And yep. he speeds away. Like, why wouldn't you say something like, doesn't matter if nobody sees like say something clever or like arrogant or like i feel not... so bad for him i feel like he needs to practice with somebody who's just like throwing shit at him constantly yeah spend like, time practice with practice zingers yeah let him abuse you for a few weeks and see where that goes <laughs> and videotape it so we can all watch it and clap i don't want anyone to live in a world of self-doubt but austin theory you need to doubt yourself more woof you need to doubt yourself <laughs> so this turns into a match 
and lo and behold, Dominic comes out to interfere. Yes. Which, like, didn't surprise me, but also, like, I didn't expect it, if that makes sense. Like, I, I don't know. I just... I didn't really expect it either. I, okay. I guess I expected okay. him to slink away for a while. Yeah, yeah. Austin wins. Okay. Uh, Dominic begins to brutally beat up his father. Yes. And then he, like, gets in this, like, kind of weird heated conversation with Bad Bunny. So, obviously, they're setting up something for Backlash, right? Because Bad Bunny's hosting. And I wish... Uh, I like couldn't hear very well. It was like all in Spanish, and I was like trying to listen. I was like, I want to know what they're saying, but I couldn't hear it very well. Yeah, I I was hoping you could catch it because you know my faded high school Spanish is not actually good enough (laughs) when people speak at full speed. So, well, and like it would definitely be like different accents of Spanish too, because like Puerto Rican Spanish is going to sound very different from like Dominic Spanish, which is probably Mexican spanish mm-hmm. so like i didn't stand a chance but we now have a kerfluffle between damien and bad bunny yes which i imagine it was going to result in a match or something feel gonna like, happen. i feel like because bad bunny is hosting backlash that it's gonna be like bad bunny and ray versus dominic and damien i hope that damien i mean I'm I have mixed emotions about this because I yes. want to see Damien and more stuff, but it's also like, oh, are you fo- like are you putting him forward as kind of a focus point because he's Puerto Rican? And it's like, is that the only reason you're putting him forward because he's Puerto Rican? You want to like pander to fans or like maybe not even pander, but like do something nice for fans because they're like, yay, you're in Puerto Rico, let's have a Puerto Rican wrestler. That's awesome. But it just feels like you could be doing this all the time with Damien Priest. So that's the, it's like a two part issue, right? Like Damien yeah. Priest deserves the world and not just because he's tall and beautiful, but he's really <laughs> good at what he does. Yes. Um, and there's, I think there's a way to, to use these events to kind of like celebrate the heritage of some of your wrestlers. But I feel that they always take the Jinder Mahal approach and it's like, well, we're going to India for the first time. So let's shoehorn Jinder into an embarrassing heavyweight championship run. That he's not ready yeah. for like that's yeah. that's not celebrating bringing wrestling to india that's not celebrating gender and his heritage just just like cashing in in a really blatant way yeah and it's not like like you said it's not a celebration it's just like oh damien's being a dickhead it's just like oh that's i don't know can't we have like a nice spotlight on him i'll be interested to see what happens like I feel like in a way it would be much cooler to like, are there any Puerto Rican wrestling legends that Damian Priest could take on in this context and highlight like the wrestling culture there is like, I mean, I'm glad to see Damian get spotlit, but I feel like it's going to be in the most like disingenuous way possible. I hope not. I hope they do it right. You put that very succinctly. That's what I was trying to say. (laughs) And you, you put it in a nice sentence. Thank you. You're welcome. I did laugh at one point when Graves was like complaining about Damien beating up on Bad Bunny. And he was like, he's an artist, man. <laughs> he's beautifully you know, he's sensitive. That's <laughs> oh, really funny. I, I also, re- oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I've never, I don't know that I know any Bad Bunny songs, so I'm very out of touch. I might have to listen to some. He's a big deal. I, the only Bad Bunny I've ever heard is when he's been around wrestling. Okay. 
I don't know anything about Bad Bunny except I think he's dating a Jenner sibling. Oh. Maybe Kendall? That's disappointing. I know. He probably deserves better. <laughs> oh, I did like the sort of like insistent worry that Damien Priest would face legal action <laughs> yeah. for brawling with Bad Bunny. Like, Corey started to bring it up and then later Adam Pierce is like yeah. you're gonna get sued lawsuit <laughs> like I don't know this is wrestling <laughs> also kudos to Bad Bunny for that horrendous bump through the announce table oh my god like when he ripped him over the wall the first time like that was a hard hit and then that announce table Jesus like Bad Bunny was like just do it man just do it yes way to go it was way to wild. go BB like you you are definitely a fearless man, and I respect that. It was super hardcore. So I'm sure we'll see this. I hope we'll see this develop. Who knows? And that's the thing. Like, I know Bad Bunny has been in the ring before, and it's entirely possible that they could develop a rivalry that highlights the I mean, he did show natural ability the last time he was in the ring, not mm -hmm. like Logan Paul, but a lot. So maybe they could develop that into some kind of meaningful rivalry that's actually kind of cool, and I, I would love for them to do that. Maybe he's been training a while. Maybe he's an extremely bad bunny. Maybe he doesn't want to look like an idiot. I mean, Austin the Theory never lets that bother him. <laughs> so. Can we go on to something happy? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. We get to see Ko and Sammy. And they click their belts. Oh my god, they're so cute. I noticed that Grumpy is starting to look a little bit sunnier every time he comes out. How could so he much. not? How could he not at this point? Uh, they're so cute. I think it's really funny how like he comes out first with his music and then like he kind of has this like, yep, yep, Sammy's music is coming and like Wait for it, it. there's always the huge pop and it's very cute because he has this look on his face like they love him so much. It's so nice. He was kind of like beaming I know. at Sammy, and I thought that was wonderful. Like, it's nice to see friends having a good time together. Yeah. Good job, Sammy. Well done. So, Street Profits come out. They answer the call, right? Sammy and KO want to fight. That's how and KO so celebrates. <laughs> he, just, he really likes Saturday Night. It's all right for fighting. I think that's the name of the song by Elton John. He, oh, uh, two Elton John references. Ooh, welcome to Elton John is for girls. <laughs> I like to imagine that, like, you know, this Sunday he will come into the family area, scream Happy Easter, and then immediately put someone <laughs> in his family through a table. Because that's how he celebrates. <laughs> um, So the Street Profits come out, and I think we sort of predicted this, right? Didn't we think that, like, maybe Street Profits would try yeah, to challenge I for... I think we definitely did that. They'd probably want a shot, you know? I love it. Um, at one point, I have to point out, Graves said about Sammy and KO, they know each other in every sense of the word. <laughs> I don't know that he wanted that to sound like it did, but boy, did it. I guess he does listen to this podcast. <laughs> You've had a powerful impact on that man, my friend. Or he's just on AO3 a lot. Oh, that too. I mean, and no judgment there. It's a fun place to hang out. I've actually, well, I, I've never actually looked at uh, wrestling stuff on AO3. I bet there's a plethora of Sammy and KO stuff. That's your homework for next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I thought it was really funny. So this match was great because it's all it's full of great wrestlers, and I want nothing but the best for um, Street Profits. I don't want them to take any belts away yet, though. Like I want Sammy no. and KO to have like some time together. Um, I thought it was really funny though when Sammy like shoved Montez into the corner so that he could do the Luma kick because he was kind of just like bobbling in the middle. So I wrote down, the exploder is so violent. Sammy, it's not nice. Also, shoving Montez into the corner for a haluva kick is not nice. <laughs> the exploder freaks me out. The exploder's the like... Looks awful. It looks like a worse suplex. Like a... Yes! Like a scarier suplex. And like the suplex is already scary enough, my dudes. Underneath the sunshine, Sammy Zayn has a thirst for killing, apparently. That's why he and KO get along so well. They're like, mm -hmm. they match each other's energy in both the grumpy and sunshine levels. Yes. Beautiful. So Sammy and KO win. I feel like I would have murdered somebody if they hadn't, because that would have been fucking ridiculous. Oh, I would have been so mad. Yeah, absolutely I mean, not. just like, seriously, you're going to have them lose? Like, ugh. I mean... It's happened before. Once again, I will cite <laughs> I will cite Jeff Hardy winning the championship and the uh, next night on Raw losing it. So the darkest of times. I'm gonna I probably have to work that reference in at least once a quarter on the You should. Podcast. No one should ever forget we should wear <laughs> armbands. But it was nice to see them. It was nice to see just like a wrestling match that wasn't like, oh my god, high stakes. It was just like, let's have a wrestling match between great wrestlers. It's really felt like an exhibition, right? Yeah. Like, let's just go out there and put on a good show. It was great. I did. I wanted to hear Sammy and KO talk a little more. Yeah. I think like acknowledge some of what was going on around their victory. And I feel like we're dropping yeah. their alliance with Cody like a hot potato now. I really don't want that to happen. Yeah. Like I was kind of into that and I, I was always eager for more of it. And now I feel like it's not going to happen. So I don't want to say it isn't because I don't know, but. Well, and later in the night, I mean, when the, you know, I'm not going to jump ahead too much, but I thought they would come out and help. Yes. I was like, okay, they're going to come out. Maybe it'll be too little too late, but they're going to come to his, like, yeah. at least come prop him up at the end when he's been devastated. Yeah, you know, I was really like, what? This doesn't make sense. Like, where's the hustle? Where's the loyalty? Where's the respect? The John Cena virtues by which Ugh. we live. I know. It was sad. Bummer. Well, let's jump ahead a little bit more. Let's do it. More bloodline backstage. And Paul and Solo are in the dressing room, I guess you want to call it, with Roman. Mm -hmm. And... uh I loved so much when Paul totally threw shade at Brock Lesnar saying he usually takes six to nine months off. Oh my gosh, me too. It was amazing. I was like, oh, thank you. I, you know, like it just felt nice to have like an acknowledgement. Yes, I, I felt like someone acknowledged me. Yes, because God, Brock totally does that. Um, I also had to LOL a little bit because Roman kept talking about all the smashing he was going to do. So like I, <laughs> no, no, think that means what you think it means. I noted that as well. Like he's gonna smash Brock, and then he's gonna <laughs> smash Cody, and then he's gonna tag in Solo to do some more smashing and show Cody who's ready. And I'm like, I can tell from the segment that you are not extremely online. Yeah. However, <laughs> and the writers probably aren't online. I don't know. It's like, come on, guys, smashing has a whole different connotation. 
I mean, you know, if you want to go out there and smash, I support <laughs> that. You smash wherever you feel like you got to smash, buddy. But might not be for a family show. Right. I mean, it it's PG or TV 13, right? So Yeah. Anything else you want to mention about this little segment? No. Uh, just that there was a point where Roman asked if the Usos are gone, and I was like, is he going to blow up the jet? <laughs> and just eliminate them? Like, is, is he really going to that level of villainy? But that was it. Just that and the smashing. <laughs> um. That's really funny. So uh, we see our Raw Women's Champion, Bianca, again in the ring, giving props to Asuka and how great a wrestler Asuka is because Bianca is act. Bianca's amazing. She is. She's legitimately better than most other people. <laughs> <laughs> so I was so excited when Rhea's music came on because yes. this is one of those things we've been hoping for like these two duke it out mm -hmm. um, I love Rhea's shoes they're adorable yes um, and they had this great exchange right where Rhea was like um, you're lucky I didn't challenge you because you wouldn't be champion and Bianca's like uh, you didn't pick me because you were scared <laughs> it was great I loved it I thought it was a very classy way to be like, I'm not going to say it out loud, but you're full of shit. Yeah. It's very Bianca Belair. It was great. And then every time she was nice, Rhea would make this sort of like, why are you doing that? Face? <laughs> like, it's really confused the hell out of her. What which is I this? Enjoy. We don't pay compliments. Mm. I'm wondering if this is going to be like... I have this fear that it's going to get dropped, like it'll be mentioned, and then we won't hear about it again for like three months or something. Yes. Because that happens, and I don't want that to happen, because I, I think this could be really fun. And I really want them to handle the buildup better than they did for either of the women's title matches at WrestleMania. The Rhea and Charlotte buildup only got good right at the very end. Like, I look back on the men's Fatal 4-Way, and I'm like, this is a masterclass in buildup. Yeah. So that when I go into this match, I know, like, I know they can't all be bloodline level stories, right? We don't have time for that. But they did a <laughs> great job with the Fatal 4-Way for the guys. So, like, that kind of model is good. I like that. Mm -hmm. it, I don't think it would take that much more. It's not like it's going to, you know, we don't need to tack on another four hours of Raw. It'll be fine. Just keep them in each other's orbit. That's all. Yeah. So this will be fun. I'm. They're both crazy strong, crazy strong women. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like they're gonna like lift up the ring and throw it at each other. <laughs> That's probably Bianca, the most likely thing. <laughs> Bianca will drive Brock's tractor down to the ring and then throw <laughs> it on top of Rhea, and then Rhea will like do a kip up and throw it off herself. It'll just be pretty impressive all around. Yeah. It'll be an animated show at that point. It would be so great though. I'm excited to see what happens. Yes, me too. We're going to skip over some other bits. Skip the um, bits. But we're going to get to Miz. Miz bitching in the ring. Because he is tired of being surprised all the time. And lo and behold, one of the greatest surprises of the 21st century. Hot dog legs. You're listening yeah. to the last episode of Wrestling is for Girls. We a weekly him. podcast 
where my co-host is a horrible human being and I a long-suffering angel. She the Roman Reigns, me the Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Good night, America. Can I just say we summoned Matt Riddle because we've been do! talking about him. We manifested Matt Riddle. He is back. I was worried about the integrity of his tiny pants. They looked extra tiny compared to what he used to wear. I hate his tiny pants. I literally wrote down, Matt, you're not wearing enough. Like, they're too low. I'm worried that they're just going to, like, roll down. Yep. And he's just going to be, like, full on out. Mm-hmm. So he's back. Matt Riddle's back. And he's going to wrestle Miz next week. That's very exciting. And I... I didn't know this before, but that move he did was the bro Derek. How great is that? <laughs> I the didn't bro know that Derek. either. I'm glad that you heard that because I was like, did I hear that right? The bro yeah. Derek? Like, nobody knows who Bo Derek even is anymore. It's it's a very dated reference, but I respect the hell It was amazing. It. Like, so dated. <laughs> Look, he so has great. vintage tastes. He has, like, that poster on his wall. <laughs> <laughs> no, didn't Bobby have that poster on the bunker in Supernatural? Oh, I thought he had the one of um he might have. I thought he had the what's her date? Farrah Fawcett? Did he have the Farrah Fawcett? Oh, maybe. One? I don't, I'll have to go he back. He might have had both. That's a good question. My gosh, that poster. If uh listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, Bo Derek was in a film in the late seventies, early eighties called Perfect Ten. Yes. And she has uh, cornrows, I think, and braids. Yep. She's got some and braids. She and she wears like suit. a red or orange, like one piece bathing suit, and she's like running on the beach. It's very like the Baywatch look. Yeah. But like, not, does, not like Pamela Anderson Baywatch, more like what you might expect someone in the 70s of Baywatch to look like. <laughs> Well, I think it's time we talk about the end of Raw. I think the it's time for us. Crazy yeah. end of Raw. We got to eat our vegetables and take our vitamins. This was the weirdest fucking thing I think I've ever seen. I was so gobsmacked. It was so confusing. Like, I was excited to see this match. I was like, all right, Roman Solo, we're going to take on Cody and Brock. This is going to be interesting. Maybe Brock's turning a page here. Yeah. Um, and then he F5s Cody. Like, two seconds into the ring. Like, he's in the ring for two seconds. He F5s him. And then just beats the shit out of him for, like, ten minutes. Absolutely punks him out. 100% punks him out. It was... Do you think... It's like I was trying to, like, think about, like, okay... What are they doing with this? What's the story angle? So one angle I thought of is like, um, Bork is so mad because Cody's getting all of this like spotlight and Bork's been forced to wrestle Omas and he's mad. So he's going to take it out of Cody. That was one thing. The second one was like, did Cody somehow get hurt and they need to just put him out for a couple of weeks? Like, you'd know if he'd gotten seems hurt, weird. you'd know by now. Well, and if yeah. he was if he was hurt, he couldn't have been at five that many times. Well, and that's why I was like, that doesn't make neither of those make sense to me. Like, no. I I don't know what the fuck's happening. I mean, this as far as we know, 
from a variety of sources, this is supposedly a last minute change, which feels to me like Vince from his little desk by the gorilla position was like, Brock big, Brock smash, Brock mm-hmm. smash Cody now, you know, because yeah. he has no concept of following a storyline. He just wants to see what he wants to see in the moment. And he loves big meaty men slapping meat. He cannot get enough of the big meaty men slapping meat. Someone in the crowd was screeching. Did you hear it? Like someone was yes. like freaking the fuck out. I've <laughs> Everybody's too invested so right now. <laughs> Everybody is so invested. It's like you guys are playing with fire here. Like there might be a riot at some point. <laughs> like, I... People are going to be pissed. Do you know what? Did you hear what he yelled at Cody? It was bleeped out for me. I couldn't tell if he was saying it should have been me or oh, okay. something like, like it was something along those lines, but I don't understand because we learned that the reason Brock agreed to help him was because there's a stipulation that Brock would never get another shot at Roman Reigns. Yeah, I don't. So like, are we literally to believe that Brock forgot about that? It was like, it could have been me in some alternate universe. Like, have you seen the Spider-Verse, Cody? Because if you had, you know it could have been me. <laughs> And then he comes out and just flips everybody off. Like, <laughs> like, well, he loves Stone Cold, you know, so he was feeling it. It was so weird. This whole thing was so weird. Like, are they going to explain it? Or is it just going to be like, well, one of those weird things? I, don't know. I have this awful fear that we are moving towards a pay-per-view match <sighs> that is a triple threat between Roman, Brock, and Cody. Oh God, Cody will get destroyed. In which Cody gets buried yeah. and Brock emerges as the champion because he is a Vince boy. Oh God. And Roman will have gotten his thousand days by that point. Yep. Which is clearly what we're hanging on for. And I was sensitive to an argument surrounding that before Raw. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I just I feel like we are about to enter an era of mishandling that is like, and maybe Vince will like lose interest and drift off, you know, maybe he'll be too preoccupied with whatever is going on with the sale and whatnot and pending lawsuits, (laughs) pending lawsuits. So I don't know. I just, that was one of the first things I thought of was like, we are going to see an incredibly boring match that lasts about five minutes between Roman, Cody and Brock in which Brock emerges as the undisputed champion and holds it for like eight years. I just, I will be devastated if that, like truly devastated because I think not just because of the storyline, but, but for wrestling in general, because like I said earlier, and like we've been talking about, like, I feel like we're we're in some like kind of fucking awesome golden age of WWE. Like it's not perfect. No, but like there's really good storytelling happening on a level we haven't seen. And I, I feel like this has happened a lot during the Vince years where you have an outsider come in, somebody who was big in Ring of Honor, big in TNA, big in Japan, big, or I guess TNA is Impact Wrestling now, AEW, wherever. And they come in and they have a run, but it's cut short. And then they kind of disappear into the top tier of the mid card. And, yep. like, and I really don't want to see that happen this time. But No, I don't either. Losing my faith. I saw something um, in some article I was reading about, I can't remember the source either, my apologies, about like what happened on Monday night, that I guess people, they think Cody isn't going to get buried because 
Vince is the one who got Cody to come back. Yeah. And so they've invested a lot of money in him, I think. And so hopefully they'll keep him around. But that doesn't mean that the story will be good. Right. And that's, that's I mean, we've established that's why we watch, right? Like, yes, the incredible (laughs) wrestling is very, very exciting. And I love it. But at the end of the day, the story drives my interest, you know. I'm in it for the romance. In it for the romance. So <laughs> I just, like, I'm in it for so many things that are about the soap opera, you know. Yep. It's why, as much as I really love AEW, I'm not into AEW in the same way because it's a different product. Yeah. It's much more match-driven than story-driven. And I, I think it's wonderful that there's room for both of those approaches, Yes. in widely accessible wrestling but this is my this is my cup of tea so well isn't that interesting that AEW has more like quote-unquote street cred right because mm-hmm. it, it's more about wrestling it's like you know what fuck you <laughs> give me the I drama mean, to be fair I think that regularly you will see things in an AEW ring that you're not going to see in a WWE ring but I think it also is important to compare the touring schedule of WWE oh God. Yeah. to the touring schedule of AEW um, and then tack on the appearances, the talk show, like brutal. And it is just, it's a different product and it's yep. great that there are different products. I agree. 100%. Can I tell you a quick stupid side note? Um, yeah, you can. So when the NXT pay-per-view was on on Saturday, I was like, ooh, I got to turn it on. I don't know what I was doing before that, but I was like late to turn it on. And I was, (laughs) I was telling um, my spouse, I was like, I want to see, I want to turn on to see um, Danhausen. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, and then uh, he was like, oh, I thought that too, but he's like, yeah, he's on AEW. But I was like, oh, yeah. Like, it was just like in my brain, he was absolutely on NXT, which was hilarious to me. But the, the heart, the heart and wants what the heart and wants. I, I mean, guess so it's the way it is. Is I there anything that. else that you'd like to talk about from this week in wrestling? No, I feel like I've devoted a significant portion of the show to expounding on my hurt feelings. And yeah, it's just, I'm trying to keep an open mind, I'm trying to rally. Me too. Um, let's, yeah, <laughs> we'll just keep positive keep thoughts. Up. Well, that was, uh, the incredibly emotional week in wrestling. I'm sure that we are in for more salt in our wounds, but we wouldn't have it any other way, except for the way that gets us exactly what we want. <laughs>